On today's show, we do local bike shops with David Huell on the We Do podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the We Do Podcast. The We Do Podcast is brought to you by Greytech. Let's see what we can do together. Greytech is available at greytech.com or wherever you download your apps. We have suspended Jeff Daniel once again. He has been suspended for, um, I think we're at three episodes now. Hopefully he'll be back soon. But I have a very special guest to pass the time with he is a local bike shop owner david huell is here he's also a coach and we're gonna sit down and get to know david how you doing david doing very well sir yourself i'm doing well i know you got your 45 in today i only got six miles <laughs> in on the road uh i did a little running today fantastic so let's just jump in and and, and um start up talking about when did you start cycling uh, I started cycling like many of us did way back in the day before we got our first cars, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're uh, looking for, for transportation when you're a kid. So I think I got my first real bike, uh, let's see, 1984, 1983, something in that uh, realm. Nice. <laughs> So I've been at it for a little bit. Was it the uh, shifters on the tube, on the down tube? Da down tube shifters, yeah. yes, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> I think I had uh, three cogs in the front and uh, five in the back, which made uh, 15 speed. No, actually, it was six. Six, so it was an 18 speed at okay. the time. Yeah. yeah, fancy. Yeah. Yeah, it was I, high tech. I, I had to mow lawns for my first bike, <laughs> and it was a Huffy, but it was a 10-speed Huffy, which uh, I don't I don't remember them having them, but I, I remember it vaguely, you know, riding around thinking I was the coolest guy ever. Absolutely. And we did we did all sorts of stuff to it back in the day we mm -hmm. thought it was cool and now we'd cringe <laughs> at, you know, we had uh you know the the, the chrome polished uh, handlebars at the time. Oh, we yeah. take that we take white athletic tape and, and wrap the bars with white athletic tape mm -hmm. to uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't put the uh card in the spoke, so did you? No, it was that that was uh, you know, the first road bike uh, in eighty three was, was was beyond that, you know, back in the day with the BMX be before that perhaps but uh no with with the road bikes it was you know it was uh big leather brook saddles uh toe clips and and white athletic tape on the <laughs> handlebars <laughs> yeah yeah I, you're bringing me back now did you always do your own bike repairs or um was it just a hobby of yours or how'd that work honestly back in the 80s any kid with uh some duct tape and a set of pliers was their own bike mechanic so yeah um started <laughs> started started working on it back back in the day with with the very first road bike sure cool cool well um how did you come up with d2 because you know everybody knows d2 but they don't know what the two stands for so how did how did that come about well d2 came about um this, we, we're in the flash forward to the uh, the 2000 uh, no night uh, man what year was it 80, 90 80, oh man I can't even remember oh 13 yeah 12 11 I don't know 12, 18 <laughs> years ago at this point um, anyway we uh, uh, a friend of mine and I David Politowitz so mm -hmm. that was the the D two okay the two Davids 
uh, we went out to bike school out in uh, Portland, uh, outside of Portland, Oregon, uh, for three weeks. We we went out to bike school there and uh, had the plan for the shop and and uh, started it, you know, kind of grassroots way back in the day. Okay, very cool. See. A lot. I always knew that it was a D2, but I wasn't sure who the second two was. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, let's, let's see. You, um, you are involved in several clubs, right? So what, mm-hmm. what do you feel are some benefits that folks can get out of being in clubs? Uh, number one for folks being in clubs, clubs, teams, anything you want to want to call it, uh, or even working with a coach, uh, that, that, uh, accountability and camaraderie mm-hmm. is, is unsurpassed. Uh, you can convince yourself tomorrow morning that you're going to get up and, and go run six miles and then 19 different reasons go through your head at, you know, 5 a.m. is why you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, you know, if I say, Billy, I'm going to meet you at, at 5.15 a.m. at the trailhead, you know what? I'm not going to let you down. No. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let me down a lot faster <laughs> than I'm going to let you down. So I, I think the accountability is there. Um, yeah. And, and you know as well as I do, once you get going doing something, it is 10 times easier than showing up for it. And yeah. if you can just get that, that, that kick in the pants to show up and a training partner, coach, mm-hmm. um, a, a club, someone to work out with, or, you know, there's a, a group ride going to happen on, on uh, Tuesday night or whatever. And, and that, that aspect just makes it so much easier, um, to, to go do it. Yeah. People like to suffer together, don't they? There is, there is, yeah, there's a <laughs> misery loves company, right? Mm-hmm. So there, there, there is something with that camaraderie and, and and people can can pull you along. They can push you along. I mean, and not just you know, not physically, but but you know when you're out there, we, we've all had days out on a run or ride or, or something where you know we're suffering, uh, and, and that person ahead of us is just like, okay, you got this. Come on, one more little hill. We got mm-hmm. this. We can do this. And then turn around the next day, you're that guy. Yeah. Um. So to to be there for someone and have someone there for you, that that is just indispensable. So a club has just at its root that that is the reason mm-hmm. now you're you're talking about somebody there for you and pushing you um your wife shannon how long have you guys been married oh boy yeah, it's, it's open the shop how long have been married? <laughs> you're testing memory things that i don't i didn't know there was gonna be a quiz uh let's see we got married in um september 1st 1990 so uh it's been i don't know what 80 years 80 years. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's definitely one to push you though, isn't she? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Not just you. She pushes everybody. (laughs) Well, no, it's, it's, it's good to have a partner in crime and and Mm -hmm. she's been, you know, and, and boy, I tell you what, if there's a training partner to have to meet, it's, it's, you know, someone you wake up next to and say, okay, let's go. (laughs) Well, she's been a big part of the shop too, though, hasn't she? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, she, she has a, uh, a way with people that, that, um, you know, it's like a, a a thorn in your side, maybe where it's like, oh man, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, Mama Bear, is really good too. So she will watch out for the weak link on any group ride or run, and just you know keep keep you in line so you're not uh, losing anybody, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah, she's kept me in line on several group rides. I can oh, tell yeah. you that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's see. Do you have advice for new cyclists? So if somebody out there is listening and is wanting to get into it, what what, would, what kind of advice would you give them? Well, number one, just just make sure you know you're you're going about it in in a safe way. Mm-hmm. Uh, having some good equipment, finding a club or or a group to uh, ride with to show you the ropes. 
um, you know, we don't we don't go out uh, driving without having lessons and, and getting a license and that kind of thing. It's not necessary in, in the cycling world, but it's not a bad thing to get some education and, and know your equipment uh, before you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's really really good as far as uh, as getting out there safely and and you know the more comfortable you are, the better. So there's some things to learn along the way as far as gear and stuff, but you know as long as you're doing it safely. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Would you say, um, trail first or just jump on the road? Uh, trail first. Yeah. Sure. Parking lot. Just like you started learning <laughs> and you know, driving the car, you did laps around, uh, you know, some Sears, uh, parking lot when you were a kid, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so, something, uh, easy, ease into it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, you're going to feel like a million bucks the first mile, but you know, someone who, who's been doing it for a while, take you out maybe and and they're they're okay with 40 50 miles but you you get out there 10 12 miles on your first bike ride and you're like okay this is enough yeah so <laughs> so, so not to put yourself in harm's way i'd say you know start out on the trail mm-hmm. um do do some trail riding uh definitely learn the, the the rules of the road understand what's going on um hand signals cycling etiquette there there's a bunch of little nuances to cycling that running just doesn't have yeah um, I mean, you're going faster, you're going further. I think there's a little bit more, um, I think there's a lot more chances of getting hurt, um, cycling. Okay. Um, yeah, we've definitely. All, we've, we've all <laughs> fallen off our bikes at one point or another, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who, what, what cyclist has been riding for 10 years or more doesn't have a, uh, a story to tell or some skin missing from, from a leg or an arm. Yeah. I still have parts of me that, uh, freckles <laughs> haven't grown back yet. That's it. <laughs> So what about advice for someone who's new to um, riding in a pace line, you know, for a group ride? Um, show up, uh, announce yourself mm-hmm. to that group. Make sure make sure the group's good with having a newer rider, uh, for sure. Uh, I wouldn't just jump on a group and, and expect that they're going to uh, know what to do with, with a new rider. Uh, but there's several cycling groups in the, in the area which, which are good for that. Um, announce yourself. Um, ask what's going on, mm-hmm. ask questions. Um, and then a good place to start might be towards the back yeah. uh, of the group. Just kind of watch what's going on, see how a group operates. And as you get more comfortable, um, you know, hand signals, calling things out, uh, the routes. Uh, you know, if you don't know the route, you certainly don't want to be up front uh, leading the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but just watching the dynamic of the group ahead of you as it unfolds and, and what the group does as far as safety and, and the routes uh, is very important. You know, something that people ask me too all the time is on a group ride, how long do I have to pull? And meaning, how long do I have to be up front? And that's something that I'm sure people always wonder about. So what's your view on that? You know, honestly, it, it can be five pedal strokes. It can be five minutes. It can be five miles. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it depends on on, on the cyclist. Uh, if they're a strong cyclist, they know the route, and it's a small group, then, you know, five-mile pulls might be in order today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something really is when you're rolling out with a group, sometimes you say, okay, well, let's, let's take mile pulls. Yeah. Um, now, if someone's not capable of doing a mile pull – then the best thing for that cyclist is to pull through. Um, you know, we don't want to slow down the group. We don't want to be checking brakes and things. So once the, the cyclist in, in front of you comes off and they're floating back, once they're at a safe distance back, then if you're not capable of pulling at that speed for, this, for that long, then you, you pull for a period of time, mm-hmm. not beyond your limit, because when you get beyond your limit, you know, you don't, you're not as stable. 
um, and, and you're making good choices, perhaps. So, yeah. you know, if it's five pedal strokes, ten pedal strokes, fifteen seconds, whatever it is, you know, shoulder check back. Make sure it's good for you to uh, roll back and you roll back on the group. I would rather have someone pull through than blow up. You know, mm-hmm. ruin the dynamic of the ride or, or fall off the back where, oh, where's, you know, where's Bob? He was yeah. here five minutes ago. Well, <laughs> shoot, we lost him. And does he know the route? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I, I would rather someone pull through uh, comfortably and stay with the group and, and get stronger than, than get dropped and, and never come back. You know, speaking of getting dropped, though, when, when is a good time to challenge yourself to go at a better pace than you're used to? And, and when is it okay to get dropped? Uh, you know, uh, you know, on the other side of that first, <laughs> first, first statement, I, I think a lot of people, um, that never get dropped, never get stronger. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. so, um, if, if you're willing to get dropped, if you know the route, if you're comfortable riding alone, go ahead and, and, you know, expend a little bit more energy, um, do a slightly longer pull, go with a slightly faster group. Um, and be prepared to be dropped. Now, I would not be comfortable being dropped five miles into a fifty-mile bike ride. That's yeah. <laughs> that's not a good place to get dropped. But you know, if you're if you're giving good turns up front and it's a good sized group, um, and you and you're pushing just 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 above your limit, mm-hmm. uh, and you get dropped forty-five miles into a, a forty-eight mile ride, so what? I can ride three miles. All, I can limp in for three miles all by myself. Um, and then you know what? You might actually get company because the next guy who's up in line pulling might just pop as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might have company back there. And a lot of good <laughs> friends that I've had for years and years cycling uh, were we both got popped off the back. So, you know, put yourself out there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do, do so within your – everybody's got to know their limits and, and have a feel for what they're doing. So I wouldn't say, you know, your first or even your third group ride out, go out with, with a faster group than you've ever ridden with before. Um, you know, kind of work through the work through the speeds. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if your cycling group has a 16 to 18 group and you've been riding with that group for six months, a year, and you're feeling comfortable, you're pulling a lot, you're leading the way, then, yeah, step into that 18 to 20 group. And if you're in that 18 to 20 group and you've been in that group for a few months or a year or whatever and, and you're you're – leading the charge and you're pulling long poles and and you're you're the guy that everybody looks to to get up the hill or into the headwind then yeah step up to that next group um always challenge yourself but you also have to know your limits yeah cool well i tell you what we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back we're going to talk some more with david huell so we'll be right back how would you like to win a hundred dollars to your favorite local retail store just send me an email to billy at we and in the subject line put I love my club. Include the store that helps you do what you do and you're entered to win. Visit the wedopodcast.com for details. This contest is sponsored by Graytech. Visit graytech.com to download or download anywhere you download your apps. Let's see what we can do together. All right, welcome back to the We Do Podcast. We have a great conversation going with David Huell from D2 Cycling and Endurance. Let's talk about, let's switch it up a little bit and talk about it like some strange and funny stuff. Like, I'm sure that <laughs> you have seen some really great repair stories and service stories. What's one that sticks in your mind? Well, one not too long ago, uh, ants. 
What? Ants? <laughs> yeah, ants. Yeah, I got a bike in. It had to have been out in a, a shed. For, I can't even tell you how long. This thing was a, a – well, and, and, you know, God bless these people bringing bikes out that haven't been pulled out in 10, 15 years, getting them maintained and, and um, getting out and riding them through this the, the pandemic and mm-hmm. stuff that, that's going on right now, which is fantastic. Um, but, you know, if you're going to bring a bike into a shop, go ahead and hose it down first. Make sure there's no creatures <laughs> inside of it. Um, I threw a bike up on the uh, rack just last week, and the frame was full of ants. Wow. They were coming out everywhere. It was it was terrible. The the mud clumped up in the in the bike was mm-hmm. was kind of uh, scary. Yeah. <laughs> how, so how, ants ants. That's my most recent one. Yeah. How did you spray the whole shop afterwards? I would be like creepy crawly the whole time. Yeah, they, it was pretty creepy crawly. Uh, we've had spiders as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, nice spider nests under <laughs> under uh, bottom brackets and behind gears and stuff. Um, yeah, so live live creatures aren't aren't always fun. No, yeah. I I, I, sw- I swept the shop for I don't know. I've got, I've, I think I, I haven't put the uh, ant, ant and roach spray away yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm already itching now thinking about it. <laughs> there are these little, they're like teeny tiny microscopic ants. They were, they were just all over the place in five minutes. Wow. Well, um, you know, you're talking about doing a little, um, your own, a little bit of uh, maintenance. What kind of mm-hmm. shade, if, if I was a shade tree mechanic for my bike, what would you tell me I need to do to keep it going? Um, wow, that's a, that's a good one to keep it going. You know, a bicycle is really a fairly simple machine. Um, sometimes the hardest part with some of the thing, the, the repairs to do on a bike is, is just having the right tool for the job. But if you keep it, if you keep it clean and lubed, um, and know how to do some, even the, the most minor adjustments to the, the shifting and the brakes, you'll be good for a long time without having to take it in for professional work. Yeah. Uh, so clean and lubed is, is number one, I think. And then just some basic adjustments, number two. And you don't need much more than a, a set, maybe a three, four, five mil um, hex uh, head to, to, you know, Allen key to, to work on, on the bike. Maybe a Phillips head screwdriver. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, how often, like once a year, if you if you're taking good care of it, how often, like once a year, you would recommend coming into somebody like you and, and getting it worked on? Uh, an annual thing is always good, but oh. it, it really depends on mileage. I had a guy in who I I had to check. He brought his bike in to me. I, I threw it up in the rack. I measured the chain. I'm like, wow, this this he, he had it in like in March, mm-hmm. and I I called him up and said, I'm sorry. I said, but I this that I put a chain on back in March for you and, and it's shot already. He's like, yeah, he says, I got about 2,500 miles on it. So oh my far. gosh. <laughs> so, you know, you, you can't put it in an annual way when, when mm-hmm. people out there riding, you know, over 2000 miles in, in three, four months. Yeah. So depending on mileage, I mean, there's some bikes that if we think back when we were kids, how often we change the chains on bikes, we rode our bikes oh, for yeah. five years, but the, the, <laughs> you know, the gauge of the metal of that chain was so thick that, it, it just never stretched. You know, the, the newer, the chains, you know, 10, 11, 12 speed bikes, uh, the, the gauge is so much thinner. They just, it just wears that little bit faster. So you just have to be in tune with it. If it's starting to feel like it's clicking or shifting funny, then, then maybe bring it in if you're not comfortable making the adjustments. But, um, depending on what the, the, the maintenance is, it, it varies based on mileage more than time. Gotcha. Gotcha. And another, I'm asking a lot of questions off the script, so humor me, but, Mm-hmm. I, I've seen people um, say something like, I wash my bike after every other ride, or how often should I be, you know, 
taking it out back with a hose and 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 washing it down after a ride. I, you know, every ride would be absolutely ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, every other ride, great. Every third ride, it it, it as often as you're comfortable doing. Um, you know, if you've got a a convenient place and a rack at home that you can you can hose it down, wipe it off with some you know Dawn dish soap on a mm-hmm. soft sponge, wipe that frame down, get all your sticky stuff off from your your goose and your sports drinks off the frame um any road grime you know the sooner you get it off the the better it's going to be and of course after you do wash the bike make sure you you dry off the chain real good yeah and uh put some lube on it yeah yeah i remember um the first time i got my bike from you and uh i think i remember calling you saying it's raining david i don't know <laughs> if i could ride anymore and you're like, it'll be fine billy it'll be fine <laughs> bikes bikes are they're they're simple machines they're yeah. made to get wet you know you don't you don't fret too much well i don't know if, if you had a really nice bike a really nice car maybe you'd, you'd fret about taking out in the rain but no it's they're made to get wet um go ahead just dry it off when, it, yeah. when you get home hose it down <laughs> You know, you don't want to take a you know pressure washer to it and, and blast off grease from important components. But you know that shower setting on any of those nozzle mm-hmm. spray heads is is fine. Uh, and stay away from soap. the bottom bracket, right? Uh, there's areas to stay. <laughs> you know, the headset and bottom bracket are always. You know, you don't want to force a, a hard jet uh, stream of water in into those areas. But you know, a light shower and a, and a bucket of of uh, water with a little Dawn dish soap or something in it help cut down the grease and get it clean. That's that's all fine. And then just dry it off. And if you really wanted to put the, the 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 shine on it to make it look really really good for the next ride, yeah, a little bit of uh, pledge. Pledge, yep. On yep. a clean cloth, <laughs> just shine it right up. Mm-hmm. Uh, now some matte finish bikes they don't like that kind of thing, so you have to know your finish. But if yeah. it's a glossy finish, you want to throw a little pledge on a clean cloth and wipe it down after you've washed it. Absolutely, it looks great. Yeah, my new tri bike is is got a matte finish, so I can't use it anymore. But my one before that, I definitely use your pledge trick. Oh yeah. Yeah. Makes it look good, shines up in the sun, and mm-hmm. actually helps keep things from sticking to it too. So it's 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 not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, how has this pandemic affected business for you at, at D two? Um, our our rate of maintenance has increased dramatically. Like I was saying, we've we've had more bikes pulled out of sheds and and garages that haven't been ridden in years mm-hmm. uh, and and pulled out. Um, which is fantastic. Uh, we, my average my average week has basically doubled, if not tripled, wow. uh, in the in the number of people who've walked in the door. Um, you know, the per ticket has, has gone down. People aren't coming in for the. Well, we still get them, but you know, if it, a set of tires and a couple tubes on an old bike is is not you know a full tune up type of thing. Yeah. Um, but it, it's great seeing all the different people coming in. Um, chatting with them seeing the last time they've ridden uh <laughs> why they're starting to ride um it, it it's it's interesting to see the the variety of bikes it's not just the you know top end uh, bike store bikes uh, coming in a lot uh we're getting a lot more of the uh department store type bikes which is always kind of interesting <laughs> and some good makeshift ones too i said yeah. that there's bits of a hop, hop hodge of uh, pieces and parts and some bikes that have come in lately, which is very interesting. Like a Franken bike or whatever, right? A little, little bit of Franken bike, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the front tire and the back tire, the, the wheels don't even match, let alone the tire tread on it. Like, well, um, is it harder for you to get parts and stuff like that now, though? It, 
You know, it, it's kind of ebbing and flowing. Some things that were hard to get a hold of earlier are in stock and available again, and things that were in the warehouses three months ago are, are hard to get a hold of right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's if anybody out there is going to their bike shop and the bike shop saying, hey, I, I can't get that tire replacement for you because they're out of stock, it's, they're not pulling your chain. It's probably out of stock. Gotcha. Um, it, it's kind of interesting how things have you know come in and gone out. There for a while, I couldn't order tubes, and then they were in. Mm-hmm. And I went to order tubes again, and they're not in anymore. So I don't know what happened to the ones they had in stock, but I'm, I think they just got all bought up, and they're waiting for the next shipments to come in. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, let's switch gears again, um, and let's talk about the bike races or bike um, rides that you put on, especially the Lake Monroe Challenge. How did that start? Uh, Lake Monroe Challenge, this would have been, and I'm, it's, it's a little bit sad, but yeah, this would have been the 12th year for the Lake Monroe Challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not doing it this year because of the, the COVID, um, but uh, this would have been the 12th year. Uh, Lake Monroe Challenge is the, at the time, it was the only 200K ride out there. There were a lot of century rides. Mm-hmm. Uh, metric centuries and things like that. And we decided to go just a little bit bigger. Yeah. Lake Monroe Challenge. You know, we, we put the challenge right there in the name and, and made it a 200K. Um, no, we just we were just looking for a little bit, something different to do in the fall, something a little bit more. Okay. More than a, a 100 miles. Yeah, and that's quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, how what's the farthest distance you've ridden? Um. I would have to go back and travel, but I think it was like 135 miles. Wow. That's all day in the saddle, isn't it? Um, well, it was only about seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> but it depends on speed. You know, it's yeah. just you know, how fast you're going and, and, and how far you're going. Yeah. Uh, we are actually planning a, um, for the fall, we're putting together a 300-mile uh, bike ride from, from Sanford up to uh, St. Simon's Island. Very cool. Be, that's actually a four-day event we're going to host this year in place, not, not in place of Lake Monroe Challenge, but uh-huh. just as something alternate to do with a very small group of people, as opposed to trying to get a hundred people out yeah. to do two hundred miles together. Yeah, that's <laughs> going all the way up there is going to be a select few folks that are yeah, willing to do well, that. Not everybody can take a week <laughs> off work, and yeah. So this is a little bit more of a tour type of thing, but um, it, it's it's just something different for us to do. Uh, one of the events that I love putting on that I had to cancel this summer as well was um, the Amazing Cycling Adventure. Yes, I'm a big fan of the Amazing Race, so <laughs> I know that's awesome. Yeah, we, we modeled that ride after the Amazing Race TV show where we're locally just around the the, the, the southern Volusia County and, and, and northern Seminole County areas. We, we ride around, go to different parks, different businesses, have to complete a task or a puzzle to get your clue to figure out how to get to the next location. And, and it was kind of a, um, I don't want to say relay. It's, it's, it's an adventure. It's a completely mm-hmm. different kind of bike ride. It's, it's a bike ride where you hop on your bike, you actually ride for three miles and you have to, you know, do a puzzle and, and yeah. get the clue and, you know, go to the next place and, Oh, we've got a canoe across the lake to get the, <laughs> the puzzle. You know, so mm-hmm. it was, that was a lot of fun to put on. I'm really bumming that we weren't able to put that one on this year because it's just so fun to watch people do that. You made my day the one time I participated. We had to shoot a uh, free throw. 
And yeah. with my basketball background, everybody kind of looked at me, and I walked up, hit the free throw, and walked out. And everybody's like, "Wait, you know, we don't play basketball." I'm like, "Hey, hey, I'm, at least I got one on you." <laughs> and the thing was, and, and I didn't just choose good basketballs. I had these like really inexpensive, mm-hmm. very rubbery, bouncy yes. <laughs> basketballs. So everybody thought, "Oh, a free throw, I can do this." And mm-hmm. the balls were bouncing all over the place, and yeah, so it was. It, it's just more of a fun. It, it's a way to kick back everybody races and trains so seriously sometimes mm-hmm. it's just nice to pull back and say hey, look we're, we're gonna laugh at ourselves today and we're gonna have a good time yeah yeah so we, we've talked about d2 cycling and endurance for those folks that don't know what happens at that shop you want to enlighten people like if they walked in the door what could they see well our, our objective early on was to do a a one-stop shop um it, we, we kind of modeled it after a, a ski resort where you drive into the ski resort and and you can go skiing, you can get lessons, you can buy equipment, you can get some food, and and we don't have a cafe yet. We're hopefully working on that eventually, but not yet. Um, But we wanted to do more of a one-stop shop where we could do training and we could do um, coaching and and, uh, run rides and and do uh, sales, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really kind of the the goal behind it was to to be a little bit more than just pushing product out the door yeah uh more about forming a relationship with the athletes with with the uh customers over a long period of time and working with them for years if if not you know at least months on on end to get them going on the bikes or whatever that they were doing well you've got that studio too right so people can can ride yeah, the indoor training floor is mm-hmm. uh, fantastic. It's a it's a measurable, repeatable way of of uh, checking your your training. Um, and I've got people who come in every so often, just kind of check what they're doing. You know, they like to train outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell you what, indoor training is not for everybody. It's it's a very um, uh, it's a necessary evil. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, I enjoy it, um, but I enjoy a lot of silly things that people <laughs> would look at you twice and go, why would you enjoy that? Um, <laughs> so the training floor is fantastic. We have an eight-station uh, training floor right now where it's all computer-controlled. Uh, the resistance adjusts for you. Uh, I know a lot of people are working with Zwift now, and, and you can use Zwift workouts and, and uh, training road, uh, trainer road workouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, training Peaks has, has a, a platform now as well with the indoor trainers. We just have that in a, in a studio's environment where you're sitting next to someone, or right now you're not sitting anywhere near anybody. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with uh, social distancing, we've, we have had to cut the classes, uh, the class sizes uh, dramatically so that we can get people uh, appropriately distanced in the classes. But, um, you know, running, running the classes, we, we can monitor people's progress and, and, and push the limits a little bit, you know, Watts is our our basis. Just like if you're lifting weights in the gym, you're you're working with pounds or kilos. Mm-hmm. Our our unit of measurement is is watts. Uh, so you you come in and let's say you you, know, you might be 174 watts uh, as your FTP, and you you train for three months. You do another test, and you get to 178. Well, that's good progress. Yeah. And you know, three months later, we do another te- another test. You're 185, and we like to see that. And people like to see that. There, you know, it, it's one thing to feel like you went a little bit faster outside but until you can kind of put some, put a number to it maybe mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a little bit more of a mystery so we we like to put a number to it yeah and you you have um 
nutrition. You have um, some apparel, shoes. Yeah, nutrition, mm-hmm. uh, apparel, shoes, uh, helmets, tires, tubes. Well, I can't say tubes right now because we're running low <laughs> on tubes. Um, yeah, all, all the all the basic stuff as far as maintenance and accessories for bikes. Um, and then we've got the training floor. We do some personal training uh, as well. Uh, we do uh, some, some runs each week. Um, as well so we don't just focus on the uh cycling athlete mm-hmm. but uh, the endurance sport kind of in general yeah yeah so where do you see d2 going you know like i said where do you see you guys in five years uh yeah that's a that's a tough one that that has changed dramatically in the past six months mm-hmm. um but uh, I, I would like us to to continue growing i i just love getting the new athletes through the door and and working with larger and larger groups of cyclists um, over the years, which is fantastic. So, you know, the, the continued growing. I'd love to get some more space eventually to uh, to grow into. I, I kind of touched on the point where we're, we, you know, our, our goal was kind of a, a ski chalet mm-hmm. type of uh, environment. Uh, we don't have that right now as we don't have a, a cafe, but that would be kind of cool to uh, to bring some food in to to uh, keep people around the shop a little bit longer. Yeah, um, traveling down to if you've ever if you ever yeah you, you have to go. It's it's one of those places you have to go. If you're ever in Austin, mm-hmm. you got to go to Melajani's. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we had the idea and and, and everything before we ever went out there. But a couple <laughs> years back, uh-huh. a couple of years back, we went out to do a little bit of research and and went to Melajani's while we were in Texas, and and it was just a, a really kind of cool environment with the training studio they've got downstairs and they've got the cafe and they've got the sales floor and all that so yeah. you know it's 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 kind of the the, the mold i think mm-hmm. it's a different it's um it's a little bit different it's just not you know walk in and buy a tire and walk out you know it's it's where you can engage with with other athletes and and hang out for a little bit and and be a little bit more social very cool. Well, I'm going to wrap this up, and I want to ask you, how can folks contact you? What's the best way of getting a hold of you? Uh, we are on Facebook, uh, D2 Endurance Sport and Fitness uh, on Facebook. Um, the website is in development, so hopefully here in a short period of time, the the URL will be hot with uh, D2 Endurance Sport and Fitness. Okay. Um, otherwise, yeah, just just Google us and uh, reach out to us if you need anything. Okay, and in your brick and mortar, where are you located so folks can find you? We are at 778 Monroe Road, uh, just around the corner from the zoo up in Sanford, so yeah. just off Lake Monroe. And your runs go over that great bridge, don't they? The, you know, our, our Wednesday <laughs> morning runs, we use that very frequently. The, the bridge is fantastic for repeats. The sunrises over that bridge, are, it's, it's worth getting up early for. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And one side is definitely better than the other side on that bridge, speaking They're from experience. Good. They're both good. <laughs> They're both awesome. All right. Well, I want to thank David Huell for being on with us today. And I want to thank our audience for listening. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, join us each week as we explore more of the things we do. If you have comments or questions, please visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at We Do Podcast. Or check out our website at WeDoPodcast.com. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.